0: Here's the host of the Talent Talk radio show, the founder and CEO of People G2,
1: Chris Dyer. Good afternoon and welcome to Talent Talk, or whatever time of the day it is when you happen to be listening to the show. Thank you so much for being a part of Talent Talk. And I am super excited to have uh, two wonderful guests on. One who is up very, very late, and we'll get to her in just a moment, uh, just to be on the show. But this is what this show is all about, is having a conversation getting together with really talented and smart people who have uh, incredible things to teach us, maybe ideas and, you know, concerns or things that we should be thinking about with our talent. As I love to have these kind of conversations, we, we many years ago brought this into the public forum, right? So we could have this conversation live uh, on, on air publicly. So I'm not the only person who gets the benefit of hearing their incredible wisdom and knowledge that all of you can share in that. You can hear it, you can talk about it, you can uh, do whatever you want with it. You can ignore it if you like, that's that's fine too, but at least you you have the opportunity. And, and if you want to kind of keep that dialogue going or you want to be a part of that conversation, remember that we live tweet everything that's going on here on the show. So if you're catching it within some reasonable amount of time when it aired, you can still find all that on Twitter pretty easily by follow, uh, going to at people 2 or following that hashtag talent talk. My social media coordinator, Angela, is there sort of feeding the best one-liners, links to books, links to profiles, anything important that maybe you might have wished you wrote down, something you might have wished you remembered. I will put it there. And you can respond, you can reply, you can follow our guests, whatever may is appropriate. Um, But that's kind of a great way to kind of, you know, not just be a part of the podcast, not just be a part of the live radio show, not just be a part of the Video probably put it up on YouTube and all that, but you can also be a part of that conversation on Twitter. So, kind of wherever you reside, wherever you hang out. Uh, and now that Twitter has become a slightly less crazy place, it seems like in 2021, not sure why that is. And your guess is as good as mine, but it seems to be a little less hectic over there. So, maybe it's a better place to, to do a little bit of engaging and learning. You know, there have been so many wonderful stories that have come out of having our guests on the show. My first book, The Power of Company Culture, was filled with them. Uh, lots of inspiring stories and, and and people from anywhere from Southwest Airlines to General Motors, these incredible people t- telling us what they're doing or thinking about what their talent. Love to have you check that out wherever you buy your books. And you can also pre-order my new book, Remote Work, all about how to have a remote company with my co-author, Kim Shepard. Uh, between the two of us, we have... Uh, I don't know, decades and decades of experience running remote teams. And now that people are really having to do that and maybe even struggling with that, we thought we'd get all of our best ideas down in a book. So you can check that out wherever you buy your books. Um, Talent Talk is live every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And you can catch us on the podcast. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Go to talentalkradio.com and subscribe there. I don't care where you go, just subscribe. Make sure you get prompted when the next episode is available. All right, enough with the business. Let's talk about who's on the show today. This might be my my coup de grace of verbal Olympics, and I'm going to try my best to get all of the names correctly because I have two people with less generic sounding names that might be the best way for me to put it so we'll see how well i do i generally get you know like last place but we're going for the gold medal today let's see so my first guest will be emma elkaru uh one circle ceo and founder and then my second guest will be mahi uh Bhairadi. uh she's the phenom ceo and co-founder mahi will join me on the second half of the show after the commercial break well, let's go ahead and we'll bring in Emma and we'll find out if I got it right. Emma, how are you doing today?
2: Great, Chris. Thanks a lot for having me. And yes, you got it right.
1: <laughs> 50% Yay. there. All right. <laughs> You're calling in all the way from South uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. Thank you for being on and being up so late. I think it's what midnight there for you. So yes. thank you so much.
2: Uh, no, thank you. Thanks a lot for having me. I've been excited to be on the show, really.
1: So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about you? You know what was your journey to get to where you are today, and where are you today, and what are you doing? What is your job, and what is your company? Kind of give us the what we need to understand about you for our conversation.
2: Sure. So uh, as as you rightly mentioned, I'm the I'm the founder and CEO of One Circle, OneCircleHR.com. We are a, um, a freelance platform, and for HR consultants. Uh, And as well, we just launched our new addition to the platform, which is the marketplace, the HR marketplace. We went live in March 2020, just in time for the pandemic. And yes, so um, yeah, and we've got some great uh, momentum so far. We've built a community of more than 700 consultants from almost 50 countries around the world. Most of them have experience uh, uh, within, within, within the different areas uh, of HR, but they have specialist experience. I personally have more than 20 years of experience within the HR field, within corporates, and one circle sort of came out as, as, as a result of my own suffering, uh, trying to find uh, the right specialist expertise in order to complement my team's but at the same time, without having to pay very high fees or having to go to the big brand uh, consulting companies. Uh, so I've I, it was difficult for me to find those um, specialist HR consultants and to be able to engage with them in a safe and a secure environment that would give me peace of mind when it comes to quality, but at the same time when it comes to payment. This is how one circle was actually born yes and and we've since we've launched we've got some great projects great clients that experimented with us and supported us from the US from uh, Dubai UAE South Africa uh, UK um, Mauritius so all over the world and we are very grateful
1: so maybe we could talk a little bit about the you know kind of the freelance part of of your of your system, so you know if, what's that kind of relationship look like with a freelance talent marketplace, uh, and and how that relates to maybe a global talent markets. Um, you know, how does that work for your clients? Does that work for what you're offering?
2: Yeah, look, the freelance talent marketplace is more like a like an assured funnel into the global talent pool, and what I mean is that. A freelance marketplace is like a single point of contact or a single point of entry that allows access to a global pool of talent, but more in a risk-adjusted manner when it comes to quality and to payment. So I think of the niche freelance marketplaces uh, more as global talent pools that are available but at the click of a button. So um, just like how OneCircle provides access to vetted specialist uh, freelance HR talent. Um, So for the global talent pool, platforms take away the hassle of pitching and uh, business development for the consultants Uh, because we we just provide them access to clients and to, to showcase their work and their profiles. So it further assists the talent as well with the collection of the fees, especially um, if, if, if the platforms and platforms like OneCircle have an escrow or a trust payment system. The, the freelance talent marketplace just gives you that direct, immediate, convenient access to vetted mm-hmm. talent that can help you immediately within your budget and in a safe and a secure environment,
1: is your intent then to really try to help uh, in the development of high-performing teams? And are you looking for, for, to bring these people, or these consultants, or these freelancers into to people in that way in a, in a, in a quick or an effective manner?
2: De- definitely. So this is where that injection of freshness of thought and creativity comes in. Because those freelancers and especially the experienced specialist ones, they come in with their new methods, their designs, uh, their, their new ideas, new ways of doing things, and they bring it in at a general level uh, 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 that that brings up the whole quality of the output of the team. But let's let's not forget that. In order for us to get the best out of the freelancers that we are engaging with, we need more of the precision when we are chunking up projects and when we are giving briefs to the consultants, because consultants are always as good as the brief that we give them. So you've got your freelancers as your trusted advisors, especially when they're specialists in their fields. And the freelancers de facto, because of the way that they operate, and it's as part of their roles, Uh, they transfer their knowledge and expertise to the team. Hmm. Uh, Because unlike the traditional consultants that we are used to dealing with, the freelancer builds a relationship. They are not interested uh, in building a pipeline of fees uh, to justify fees. So they they want to build a relationship with the client. So they give it their best and they want to uh, 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 transfer the knowledge to the teams. When you're choosing your consultants, uh, that depth of expertise is key. It definitely strengthens your core team. It's like bringing a squad team uh, uh, in order to support you, right? Uh, right. So it, it it also helps your core team to focus on what really matters and takes out a lot of the distractions that the consultants can actually deal with.
1: I notice a lot of times people bring in consultants or out, outside you know, support inside of HR or teams or development or coaching, whatever it is, you know, you can technically, a lot of companies can find that internally if they want to. Um, They have good people, they have smart people, and yet they bring it from the outside because often it's that person from the outside will see things differently, doesn't have to worry about, you know, sharing bad news or being critical or giving that, you know, that information they need, that they're going to lose their job, right? And so yeah. often the change comes from the outside. Um, is, is that a part of that mindset of what you're trying to deliver to them? Is that you can bring the change management to them and bring it from the outside in?
2: Yes, 100%. So uh, that having the right mindset or that open talent mindset when you are engaging with consultants is important. And it's, it's, it's crucial. So change management by itself is crucial because when – let's think about it this way. When everyone knows uh, um, uh, what, what, that, that when we're engaging with those freelancers, that's a, that's a good thing for me, for my team, for the business. So right. the chances of adoption of contingency work or contingency workers of, or freelance consultants are much higher. So there's better clarity on the freelancer role. There's better clarity on the support that we are given as a team. And and then there is more room for value creation. Uh, And that requires sound change management and to have the right mindset within the teams to accept that, to see that as an opportunity to learn, to see that as an opportunity to put great output out there to support the business. because you can't expect as a core team to be an expert in everything, and reaching out to those consultants, plugging them in as, as you are, or as required, uh, as a game changer.
1: So you know, I guess there, there's a something. There's a lot of different places, uh, you know, that your your service could be a great match for people. What else have we missed? Where where else can can HR expect to maybe get some sort of help? by finding that cons- consultant, you know, on your platform?
2: So uh, from a freelance HR project perspective, it's more suited, I would say, to the design of projects, the review of projects, re-engineering, restructuring, strategy development. So any way where the project is tapping into a depth of expertise and freshness of thought. So if you're looking for depth of expertise in in total rewards or in organization effectiveness, you want to craft that share scheme or that bonus scheme or that um, uh, specific uh, diversity and inclusion policy or strategy. So you can plug in that freelance HR consultant, but at the same time, and this is the reason why we just launched a marketplace is that we we provided as well, in addition to the project platform, we provided a a space for consultants to be able to showcase their work, to productize Mm -hmm. their services and solutions, and to sell them to businesses, and make those available to reach out to as and when needed. Uh, Because in this manner, businesses don't need to pay for the time, because they are only paying for the output. Yeah. So the, and, and and on the marketplace, these are this is where you find the likes of the package coaching programs or uh, templates or guidelines or playbooks uh, that can that can help you out from a skeleton perspective. And if you would like to customize, then this is where you buy time with a consultant to help you out.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it's it's. I know there's probably other other models or other things out there that people could do, but it's certainly intriguing the way in which you've sort of packaged it and put it together. Um, how do you how do you see this maybe then going on in the future for and the average HR department? Maybe this is globally, maybe this is more locally to where you're at. But you know, is it is it a few people? Turning into where they're going to be bringing in more outside people as as they need. Or will that make their maybe their current team smaller, right? And then bring in more consultants as needed, or you know, what, what do you sort of yes. see as that future look like?
2: So i've I've led HR departments that were as big as three hundred people, and we had our our generalist um, HR admin support, but we I also had my COEs that that supported me each in their area of expertise talent management organization effectiveness total rewards etc the way that i foresee things changing is that you don't need as a CHRO or hr director you don't need that big team anymore you can you can have your core hr team that supports the business and then knows the business inside out And whenever you require specialist expertise, you just reach out to that expertise on freelance basis, plug them in to work on on that project. Um, uh, And and then that's it. Once the project is finished, the engagement is finished basically. Um, That reduces your overheads, your costs, your headaches, uh, because as well, the specialist expertise is expensive for you to keep full-time on the payroll, but Mm -hmm. as well to to keep them busy all the time and uh sometimes you just end up bringing them because they're experts in one thing and then you end up giving them other projects just to justify them being on the payroll so uh yes to answer your question i think and and i and i think a lot of businesses are starting to realize that that you you just need that core team and then you reach out to specialists whenever you you need those and they will come in with their new thoughts ideas Fresh ideas into the business, and and then stimulate that creativity within the team.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that certainly I think would be a better way for, you know, companies to to maybe operate, right? And to to yeah. I guess sort of have this like, I'm mean, it's almost like a team of mercenaries, right? It's like, well, what, what <laughs> kind of people do you need, and what to go do what sort of really hard work, and then they can go away, and you can bring in a different team, right? And they can go do that really hard work over there. Suppose there's sort of this like. Having these group of people who you may have to the let go or bring in or, you know, try to retrain if it's, okay, now we, we've gotten this thing figured out, but now I have this group of people, that's that's their expertise, but we have it figured out, why do I have to keep them on, you know, indefinitely? And so it's kind of a neat way to think about it. Uh, obviously, if an organization is rapidly growing, they may need to keep them on, but in most companies, they like trajectories, right, they have growth, but it's not gigantic it's not not you know growing at 5000% a year i mean there are those examples but for most people it's a nice normal healthy growth and so you know just to keep people on to keep them on can be problematic so you know what how do you maybe see scaling talent then when when lab, leveraging this this type of, type of model is that does it change the the way we scale talent does it make it slower or what what do you see there do
2: you mean from development perspective or from the from the perspective of augmenting your teams,
1: I guess for both. I guess let's just, let's talk about both. Both sound interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. So
2: uh, look, um, you know, we've always looked in businesses for mentors within the business or within the same uh, industry, etc. But as well from a coaching perspective, but we right now you can as as you are. Uh, um, as you are developing somebody within the business, you can actually reach out to any uh, freelance consultant who's skilled and ex and, and and is an expert in their in their area of expertise from anywhere around the world. In order to assist that person or to or to mentor them and help them throughout their development journey. Uh, you can you can hold roundtables with different consultants in order for them to share their views as part of the learning process. So today your access to talent is unlimited and your access to expertise as well is unlimited, but very few people are actually leveraging on that. Um, so it's, it's not one way. It's not that I have a project today, I'll just you know try to find the right consultant on a platform and I will engage with that consultant. So what about holding monthly roundtables with consultants that are available on freelance basis from anywhere around the world? Book their time. Let them share their challenges that they faced. Let's say, let's talk about remote work transition, right? And you want to ensure that you are transitioning into a more sustainable remote work uh, setup. So why not bring in people who actually advise you on how they've done it before? hands-on people not theoretical consultants who have written papers on the around it but people who have done it in businesses before from different parts around the world so that's all part of the learning process but uh, but as well the leverage let's start start leveraging on the power of the network effect Um, as uh, as a business today you can You know, your team might be small and core, but you can augment that team whenever you need that, whenever you need. And you can can just build that network and leverage on that network whenever the need arises. So suddenly you feel that you're more in control, whether you're an HR director, you're a CEO of a small business, you're a CHRO, you know that there are people that are out there that you've worked with and you've tested before. You know the quality of their work. You trust the platform uh, that they're on. And then you will be able to literally augment your team in a flash to support the business. So that's the, the beauty of it. It's that, so you'll be able to scale up your team and to scale it down as and whenever you need to. But at the same time, you can use those same people to develop your core teams on the inside.
1: Yeah, that's great. That is really great. Well, it seems like you've you've put together a great uh, platform, which I'm sure is 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 great for your business. But it sounds like you know, in any really interesting business, um, it's really helping the customer. It's really helping um, you know the the those people. So you have different groups here, right? You have the people who are going to be buying the services, you the consultants and the experts that are inside your platform as well as your own team. And so when everyone is sort of working in harmony and is happy and um, you know, making money, it's usually a, a pretty good sign of success. So yes. <laughs> sounds like you put together a good, good platform. You know, w- one of the things that we love to ask our guests, and hopefully you have an awesome answer for us is, is there a book that you're reading these days, or maybe one that you typically suggest people should be checking out?
2: So recently I reading uh, a book called the ripple effect. Uh, and it's more around how how you eat better, how you sleep better, how you how you live better. Um, It's it's more like your manifesto for better way of living. And and the reason why I I, I thought it it would be a good read is that, you know, sometimes you need that reminder. That, that you need to cover the basics same way that you cover it, You make sure that the basics are right in your business. <laughs> you need to make sure that your basics are right in your own life because we, we underestimate the impact of eating well or sleeping well or uh, on, on, on your own productivity. So especially us within HR, we talk about wellness. We talk about health. We talk about... All of this stuff, but when it comes to us, we skip lunch, we skip breakfast, we work late, <laughs> we don't sleep. <laughs> we, right. you know, so sometimes we think meditation is a waste of time. So anyway, so it's a it's a good reminder that I need to take care of myself first. I need to make sure that I'm centered. I need to make sure that I'm happy and comfortable, and then I will see all of the creativity and the productivity that is going to come out of that.
1: Final question. How can people find out more about you? Uh, what's the website for One Circle? What's the best way for them to interact and, and find out more?
2: So they can reach us on the website. It's called, it's OneCircleHR.com. Um, my email is very easy. It's Emma, M A at OneCircleHR.com. We have a LinkedIn uh, page. We post great content. So, Uh, it will be great. They can just follow one circle HR on LinkedIn or on Twitter at one circle HR.
1: Fantastic. Emma, thank you so much for being our guest on the show today. I really appreciated you being here, sharing more about you and your company. And of course, staying up so late, uh, just (laughs) to do that. So hopefully we can have you come back on the show uh, at some point when you're willing to stay up late again and, uh, and hear about all the cool things that you're doing.
2: Thank you. Thanks a lot, Chris, for having me. Thank you. Thanks for a great show as well.
1: Thank you. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break, and we'll bring in my next guest, Mahi Bairadi.
3: Imagine buying a newspaper and discovering that the news you're reading is six months old. There isn't much that stays the same for six months, and the same thing goes for background checks. In a time when so much outdated information is being passed around, it's good to know that People G2 offers something different. At People G2 we provide today's intelligence, not yesterday's news. Our value-added approach offers you a fully FCRA-compliant solution that includes up-to-the-minute information. By combining industry-leading technology with old-school human investigation, People G2 is able to give you information that is accurate right now, delivered quickly to our online system or integrated with your HR system. So ask yourself, are you comfortable working with old news or are you ready for a different kind of background check company? Visit PeopleG2.com or call 800-630-2880. That's 800-630-2880 or PeopleG2.com.
1: Welcome back to the Talent Talk Radio Show. In case you missed my first guest, Emma uh, Elkarut. Uh, you can listen to her interview as well as the one we're about to do. If you subscribe, finding us on iTunes, uh, Talent Talk, look for my name, Chris Dyer, or Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you find your podcast, we're there. Subscribe Make sure you don't miss an episode. All right. In my uh, attempt to get all of these wonderfully complex uh, and unique names right, I'm hoping my – I got the first one right. I'm hoping on the second one here. My next guest is going to be Mahi uh, Bhairadi, uh Phenom CEO and co-founder. Don't forget you can send your questions right now to peopleg 2 on Twitter or follow that hashtag talent talk. Send us a question comment on anything that was said, write down or get make sure you save all the important links to profiles and books and things that are mentioned. But let's go ahead and bring in Mahi. How are you today, sir?
4: Very good, Chris. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, awesome to be here.
1: Good, and did I get the name correct? Yep, yeah. Mahi
4: Mahi the fish, You you killed it.
1: Awesome, great. Well, uh, it is usually a normal show if I just screw up everybody's names, but somehow I've managed to get it right today. So we will just uh, thank our lucky stars. Well, maybe you can tell everyone a little bit about yourself, who you are, what was your sort of journey to where you've ended up to today, and what does your company do? What is important for us to understand about that? And then we can kind of dig into that. So go ahead and kind of fill us in.
4: Yep, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Phenom People. I grew up as a kid uh, in India and I moved to U.S. when I'm 20. Uh, Like all my life, I want to build a company. Uh, My dad always used to encourage me. My kid will give jobs to thousands of people, guaranteed. Every relative comes to our home, he'll say this. He might have said 6,000 times before I moved to U.S. So like I was basically brainstormed like I'll build a company. Uh, Like, uh, and that was the fascination what I went through. And then as I really started, before starting Phenom, I had a couple of companies I built, like a couple of them are uh, failures too. Based on those, I really got the foundation of what I'm really building. But if you look at like, what's my background, it's technology, business and spirituality, I mix them. And that's what my life is.
1: So I know that you speak with countless CHROs. Uh, we have a lot of them listening to the show on a regular basis. And I think that's a lot of what, you know, we're talking about talent, uh, talented people, managing our talent. Uh, I think it's probably our, our chief heads, heads of uh, human resources that are guiding some of those what should we be thinking about now, right? Or what's the next thing that will be coming around? So what are you hearing? What's keeping them up at night? What, what What's sort of the conversation centered around that maybe other people listening today should be thinking about?
4: So there are two things which they're all thinking about. One is talent redesign. And the second one is how they're thinking about workforce itself, like where will uh, the workforce and the work life will really go down the line. Those two threads are really what is constantly making them to really think about, because still their priorities before COVID, after COVID, or in the process of COVID are still same, talent acquisition, talent evolution, and talent management.
1: Yeah, and and certainly, you know, uh, how talent is is constructed, where they're working, uh, will this be temporary, will it be permanent, will it be a hybrid? I mean, there's so much going on around... Not just what's the best way to work, but like, what's the way we have to work? What's the way that, you know, whether it's COVID or whether it's uh, government agencies or however that's being constructed, right? There's so so many things sort of new phenomenon for the average uh, HR person really having to think about. Um, I know it's your goal that you want to help 1 billion people find the right job, and that is quite a goal. Uh, how do you chip away at such an ambitious goal? I mean, it'd be one thing to say, I want to help a hundred people or a thousand people. How do you help a billion people? So
4: like from day one, we have this thought process, like uh, based on how I grew up. I always have this feeling towards my purpose in life is to really help. Uh, a billion people get the right job and when I, the the minute the reason we thought about a billion people get the right job is almost you touch every human being in the world to make sure at least a billion people get the right job so that was the framework what we thought the reason was there is no enterprise hr company which actually addresses all the human population who are like working and being employed most of the enterprise software is more focused towards North America and Europe, and it never really crossed beyond that. So, what we thought is, how can we build a global product which can really reach to multiple people so that it can impact? Because the most meaningful thing in the world is to give a job. Uh, there are there are lots of people who are really looking for a breakthrough so that they can go to the next level in their evolution. So that's where it all started. You
1: know, and again, it's great for. Uh... Companies to find the right person for people to find the right job for them. But what what is the cost maybe to candidates and companies, you know, if they're not finding the right fit? It's one thing to to find a job. It's one thing to find a paycheck. It's another thing to find, you know, that place that you really feel connected, where you feel inspired, where you get up and you're like happy to go to work. You're happy to do your job. You're happy to be around people. So what what's that disconnection cost look like? So if you
4: look at like a, a candid perspective, uh, like if people, like the most important thing everybody wants to really do is they want to find purpose for why they learn. Uh And they're always really struggling to find it. And the most important thing is work is one particular area where you can find uh, a purpose which is beyond yourself and your family, which you can impact others. So in that framework, if people don't find that, there will be frustration, there will be unhappiness, and then it leads to a lot of complexity, which is what every candidate go through. And there are times where you are high on a particular thing and then then you go low. So, but how can you really constantly adapt yourself, grow yourself, evolve as a human being, is what everybody is striving for. From a company perspective, every company is thinking from the same dimension. How can I really think about an experience cost? Like, what is the cost for me if I if we deliver a bad experience? What's the cost of vacancy? If I don't fill the right person in the job, what happens? They're also thinking about what you call as a turnover cost. If a person don't like working here, what happens to us? And the final one is they're all thinking about growth cost. Is the company growing as people are evolving? So a company is completely aligned with an individual, but somewhere it is breaking because of how we are communicating. How can we really help these two can interconnect is the biggest challenge for the next 20, 30 years and forever.
1: When it sounds like a big one, then uh, certainly something that is important to tackle as well as trying to find a billion people uh, a job. Um, you know, th- th- we've talked about this in the show. We've had a lot of really great uh, thought leaders and experts talking about AI, talking about automation, talking about how this can be the next thing that might really help us not only with huge improvements in productivity, but also I think more importantly, get rid of the junk, get rid of the parts of our work that we hate, the part of our work that we don't, you know, that can can really bring people down that sort of, I guess, busy work or, or stuff that, you know, you have somebody doing and it's not really impactful, but it needs to be done. So how can AI and automation, you know, be brought into businesses, maybe more specific, how can maybe even recruit and help hiring managers be more efficient. And to that end, I'd be a little bit interested too about how we kind of work with AI to make sure it's not being manipulated or it's not being, uh, you know, taking good candidates out, right? like and kind of where we are on that process. So what what are your thoughts around AI and automation? So
4: when you really think about AI, uh, in the whole ecosystem of talent lifecycle, you have a candidate, you have an employee, you have a recruiter, and you have a hiring manager right? But when you think about a candidate and an employee, you're thinking about how do you do personalization effectively? Because there are a lot of people who can w- work in a company or really look for a job at a given company. Like, uh, But whereas in the back end, your recruiters or hiring managers, they're limited in number of people. For them, it's all about productivity. When you deploy AI, you have to think about where to really deploy personalization effectively and where to deploy automation and matching effectively. And if you have that clarity, then you can think about where AI will make a difference. And then the feedback loops are constantly have to be created within the ecosystem. What you learn from an employee will help a recruiter. What you learn from a recruiter will help a candidate. What you learn from a candidate will help the hiring manager. How do you take this network effect thoughts of in an ecosystem, let's say, 10,000 employee company is hiring 2,000 people in that you have to constantly think about there are over 400 to 500,000 people really looking for jobs but within the company in the 10,000 there are a couple of people who are moving within the company maybe a thousand two thousand and your hiring managers are constantly thinking about a thousand of them constantly thinking about hiring so how do you really create the ecosystem and deploy ai in an effective format so that you can think about automation and personalization is streamlined everywhere. This is what's happening on Amazon or this is what's happening on Netflix. The front end is what personalization is all about. If you go to amazon.com, you see personalization, but what they're doing in the back end is how they're shipping, how they're writing books, what are they giving feedback to the authors? That's all automation. So the same thing has to be deployed in HR. So there is no difference in this.
1: Yeah. And that, that, that's really important. And I'm not sure if everyone's sort of thinking about it in that way. Um, but it is a really important way to, to think about it. Uh, you know, has this technology kind of reached a point maybe where HR teams will need it to stand out? Do you think that in the next year or the next five years or 10 years that you had better really have your AI and your automation and all, all that working in a way that it's now a you know, I guess a benefit, right? It's a tool, or it's a, some part of something that is helping you reach your goals, as opposed to, you know, it it may be keeping you down and keeping really keeping good talent out of your out of your companies. So the, the
4: HR teams in general do understand the cost of a bad experience, especially the consumer product companies are all really you know like a, my consumer and my candidate overlap is super high. If I give deliver a bad experience, that has a direct revenue impact that clarity is there for a lot of companies. And the second problem is the vacancy cost. If I don't fill, if the company is growing, if I don't fill with the right person, there is an impact that is also very clear right now. So how do they really condense that is where their thought process is towards where to deploy AI. Uh, And there are spots where Personalization on the front end, whether it's a candidate or an employee, almost every company is thinking on the right direction right now. They want to change that. In the back end on the recruiter side, there is a skepticism. Is it going to increase productivity or is it going to create bias or is AI going to really make sure it slows us down and really won't deliver an impact? it's It's a continuously growing and evolving area but in the next couple of years that will be in a very comfortable zone but as of today people have skepticism because and it should be the right reason to have that skepticism whether this will work or not uh, but there are a lot of people who are really getting benefits as long as you know in which spots ai work in which spots ai don't work within my industry within my company within my particular
1: well do you think that this will uh you know evolve in a significant way in the next year? Is this something that, you know, is it going to explode over the next 12 months or is this something that's going to explode over the next 12 years? What, what does that timeline look like for people?
4: It's already exploded for the companies which are in rapid growth, even in the middle of COVID. So for them, it, it, it already, uh, like, a, in a, like a look at all the digital transformation across not HR in any industry uh, right now they're all exploding from a digital transformation. HR is no different. And especially the companies which are growing in, in the middle of pandemic, they are seeing this extensively. But the companies which have suffered in the pandemic, as the things get normal, they have really laid off or furloughed a lot of people. And now when they want to come back to the businesses, what they really have to think about is how they have to bring back all these people. And for them, automation and personalization is a very important role they have to really think about. Otherwise, they cannot bring people fast enough. So it's it's already started. It's exploding already. That's why the the tech markets uh, in terms of any particular uh, spectrum you see are really hot right now.
1: Is there anything that companies or HR CHROs should really be thinking about uh, as it relates to the technology and the role that it plays in bringing in a diverse workforce? I mean. I've had clients, I've seen this time and time again, where people will say, Well, geez, you know, Tom and Susie, they have these certain qualities and they were our best employees right now. Let's build that machine to go find us more just like them. The problem is, those people aren't necessarily who you need five years from now or even two years from now. And you end up with a whole company filled with people who think exactly the same, who act the same, and do the same. And then you turn into one of those you know, really bad examples, that we we, certainly American examples like Kodak or Blockbuster Video or whatever, right, where they didn't evolve, they didn't innovate, right, they didn't have fresh perspectives. So how do we use that to find this great talent but not pigeonhole us into this, well, we're just going to get the same people over and over again and we're never going to change or we're never going to be innovative.
4: Yeah, diversity of thought and diversity of people are very important in any company in terms of evolution. There is no doubt about it because it gives new ideas, as you said. But there is, by by human nature, we all have biases of our own, like uh, our own limitations. But AI will help in really identifying where we are biased. Mm. Uh, And that's a very important aspect to really think about. And it also really creates its own biases based on our bias, because it's learning from our feedback loops And it's actually understanding what are we doing and is this right? But the best part of it is on every AI, you have extensive analytics, which shows where are you biased? And can we really self-reflect on them and say like, these are the areas where we have to adjust as as a society, as a culture or within a company. And if those adjustments were really addressed in a thoughtful way, then we'll have a better uh, diversified, like company in any particular industry, but that's what is the thought they have to really think about. But the most important element there is, can they be open and can they be aware? Can they do those two things in an effective format?
1: I find a lot of times, you know, it's really the system that's in place. It's It's a systematic type of a process that, yes, we want people to be aware. Yes, we want people to be thinking about this, but there has to be a really good system in place to help you. Um, that system can keep you doing the wrong thing and that system can help you do the right thing. And many years ago, we identified, we, 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 got, we got all of our strengths together for our Gallup Strengths Finders, and we put them on a chart and we listed every, you know, your top five strengths. We listed all of our employees and all their strengths. And then we looked at that graph and we said, wow, there's a whole lot of strengths where we don't have anyone in the organization who has that strength. And for me back then, that was like, cool, we're not hiring anybody new unless they have at least one of those strengths we're missing in their top 2. And so I just said don't even send them to me for a final interview if they don't have that strength. That was our, a really, you know, down and dirty hack way for us to get new thoughts and new people and new innovation, new leadership. But like we were small enough at the time and it was it was easy to see, right? We We're not 10,000 employees. We're not 100,000 employees. We're not this big, giant juggernaut of a company that maybe can't see, that doesn't realize how blind it is in its different departments or different companies. So I'm hoping that AI can do that in a much more sophisticated and complex way. My little tiny, you know, adjustment that helped us at that time. Are there other ways that we could think about using that to help us, you know, learn or to help us uh, find different people we would have never thought about?
4: So, yeah, like uh, the people really hire based on patterns, right? Like what is a pattern I have really found on that particular pattern? I basically really go after, but there is an element, what you said, which we believe as a company that is, we are only good at three or four things in our life and we all suck at like 97% of our life. (laughs) It doesn't matter who it is. So which three are your superpowers and how can we really put an assemble of a team with each one has individual superpowers? So, together right. the team has 15 or 20 superpowers is what is the concept what you are talking about there are certain things which are soft there are certain things which are hard so the technology can identify which are already digitalized but which are not digital uh, footprint uh, like skills or like talents they have to be they have to be like a, uh, sorted by a human being only so there are spots where it's already very well-defined which skills are the nice-to-have skills versus a must-have skills and which particular patterns are really working. In those areas, AI will make a humongous difference so that you can really speed up. But in the areas where there are soft skills, AI don't have extensive ability to really do it unless until somebody do an assessment and the assessment is fed to your engine. So in that scenario, what happens is, like. A human element or an assessment or a, like somebody else has to inject the data into the system so that you can speed up the overall process. But in a nutshell, you have to think about human in loop AI. You cannot think complete automation. It doesn't exist. And it won't exist forever to evaluate human beings uh, because that's not how we learn.
1: Yeah. And, and there's so much there. and There's so much to learn. And I'm, I'm really hopeful that we'll continue to to expand that and grow that and be able to help people, help companies, uh, you know, get people, like you said, with their two or three superpowers. And that was a big, big lesson for me to learn many years ago that like, I don't need to be trying to constantly getting better at the things that I'm not good at. I should instead be focusing on my superpowers and the things I'm good at and how I can come in and help in an area, or step back and say, "This is not my thing. This is these people's thing. Let them go and and use our superpower there." Because that that that's really really impactful. Uh, when when to step in and when to step back, um, but you have to know those things. You have to identify those things. Speaking of identifying things, are there any things that maybe you've seen companies really doing with their talent management strategies right now during the pandemic? I mean, that are are, are helping. At, Maybe if someone out there hasn't done this yet, they probably should hurry up and go do it. Um there are maybe kind of the big top two or three things that you're seeing organizations do, you know, that's pandemic related.
4: Yeah, there is one thing which is uh video utilizing video throughout the talent lifecycle. Uh it's not just Zoom, but uh, it's about like how to communicate with a candidate, to a recruiter, to an employee, to a hiring manager, not just video interviewing, but Overall video as a thought process is a very important one, and there are a bunch of customers who are using that as an infrastructure, and that's helping. The second one is bots. When you say bots, it's not just a chat bot, but it's about how do you use your SMS or how do you use your WhatsApp in reaching the people, because people are not always in front of their computers. How do you really effectively reach them? That's also another method, what is working effectively for a lot of our customers. And the third one is more about like productivity. Uh, how can you deploy AI to increase productivity for a recruiter uh, through really increasing automation? So that's also uh, what I have seen tremendous results. Whether it's matching or scheduling or things related to screening, how do you really put in place uh, like effective models so that that can work? And the final one is the diversity and inclusion itself. Uh, like that has really took like right now a different kind of uh precedence which is very important as a society we all have to do it that amplified to a different level and every chro is thinking about it which is the right thing and the good thing for every one of us
1: yeah yeah definitely and it's going to be you know just important for us to continue to be willing to change quickly, willing to to take, you know, advice from experts and and to probably be willing to not know all the answers, not have a completely formed out plan and just make action and do things as things happen and be willing to change, willing to pivot, willing to accept that something is maybe new or different. Uh, I've seen a lot of organizations be very paralyzed because they're so used to, well, we're going to study this for 12 months. We're going to study this for six months and then we'll make the perfect decision and this pandemic has not allowed them to, to be that way right you have about maybe six days or six minutes or <laughs> maybe a month to, to think about what you're gonna do uh you know early on it was moments and time it was minutes uh, it felt like so um you know one of the things that we love to ask our guests as we're wrapping up here on this interview and really appreciate um, all the really careful and important insight that you've given us so far mahi. Um, but what what book are maybe you're reading right now or one that you typically suggest people check out here in 2021? So the book I,
4: uh, like one of the book, like who's my mentor is called like a, uh, is a Safi who's actually wrote a book called as Loon Shops. Uh, that's a very good book. Really thinking about how to think about innovation and uh, how do you think about like next level of growth? Uh, that is a very important book, I think, like uh, which, which actually shaped my thought process. The other book I always really refer to is um, Everything Store, which is about like Jeff Bezos, uh, like whole history about like what it is, and the last one is about like uh, factfulness. It's about the perspective of the overall globe, like how people live. There are more than four billion people live below eight dollars a day, so and we don't even know, uh, like and like that's more than half the population. So how do you really have a perspective towards uh, the global population from a different point of view is also a very unique way to look at this is factfulness is the name of the book.
1: Well, those are three wonderful books uh, that hopefully our listeners will check out again. We will post those on Twitter at people G2. You'll see it there. You can get the link and click right on it and go buy that book. If you're interested or any of those books, if you're interested in doing that. And finally, how can people find out more about you and your company What's the best way for them to do that?
4: Yeah, they can find me on um, like uh, my company's website or like my like LinkedIn is a primary uh, area where I, uh, you can find me. But you can also reach out to my email mahi at phenompeople.com.
1: In case any of you are uh, challenged when it comes to spelling, it's Mahi M A H E. Last name is B A Y I R E D D I. And again, it's uh, Phenom is the name of the company. Please make sure you go check them out. Mayu, thank you so much for being a part of the show today and and sharing so much important knowledge that you have uh, from the industry and and for what your company does. Hopefully, we'll have you come back at some point and give us an update on all the awesome stuff that you're doing. Awesome, Chris. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me here. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into today's show. Hopefully, you've gained something that you can use in your own career in a positive way. Until next time, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today.